This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Thirteen centuries ago, this cartonic civilization recorded predictions about the end of the world, predicted to occur in the 18th year of the 21st century. Based upon recent translations by leading experts in the United Kingdom, the world will end due to the combination of actions of a bejeweled, inarticulate small person, a maniacal wordsmith, and nonsensical gestures with corrupting voices the entire world can hear. Three words. Honey Boo Boo, Gary Busey, and Funny People Talking. Hi guys, I'm Gina Brion, and I would rather be performing for everyone who's ever written a negative Yelp review and suffering from explosive diarrhea than sitting here listening to funny people talking. Welcome to Funny People Talking. I love how I said that. Hi, I'm your host, Mark Rico, <laughs> and I'm, I just love me, and I'm here with someone else I love, my friend Danielle Beckman. Oh, thank you I so much. I love you, Danielle. You know, I actually love how you said it, too, because you're, you know, it was a little bubbly. It was a little zesty to thank start you. off this episode with a zesty guest, <laughs> That's right. which we'll get to. I, I, yes, hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good. You look very... Um, Chipper and bright and kind of with it today. You're very metropolitan today. Thank you. I thought you were going to say lumberjack chic because I'm wearing flannel and lumber like, chic, like you know, boots. But I thank you. I appreciate it. I know she kind of looks like she's um, a model in like a sleepwear catalog or something like. It's, yeah. Okay. I'll go to sleep like, and as a model. Those could be pajama this. tops if you wanted. <laughs> no, really. I know. Yeah, yeah. I've had this for for a long time. So uh, Danielle is mm, wearing yeah. a red and blue plaid shirt on that yes. definitely does look like she should be a uh, uh, lumberjack for origami. <laughs> I'm so into it. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, Elsie's wearing her uh, normal uh, yes. purple. Let's say hi to Elsie. Hi, Elsie, our producer. Elsie, how are you? Fine, thanks. Yeah? You're wearing a shawl today. Are you cold? Yeah. Her shawl is plaid, too. <laughs> it is plaid. So it's almost as if we coordinated. It's, but we didn't. Shockingly, it has a hint of purple in it. I, it does, yeah. yes. Actually, Elsie, I don't really talk to you at all outside of. Now. Why is that? Do you think Danielle? Busy. Uh, we. We're busy. Yeah, she's busy. That's we're, why we're busy. Yeah. Oh, I'm busy I'm too. Not taking, I'm not taking all the blame on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I find it difficult to believe you're that busy, Elsie. Mark, honestly. we can talk about we'll stuff. We'll talk about it we'll later, Mark. We'll we'll stuff about it later. And uh, also joining us and equally. Welcome to Whisper is uh, <laughs> Gina Brion. She is a remarkable stand-up comic who has got it going on. And Thank you for is, doing the neck roll with I, that. I, really it's about as good as it. I can do it. Thank you. I, it's about <laughs> as really good as I can do it. I, I'm very um, l- low end skill wise in like neck rolling in the and yeah in I the know, neck roll business I definitely belong on the upper east side in terms of neck roll <laughs> Maybe. okay so it's gina brion brion okay that was a little french, french actually yeah hey, whenever i go it? to montreal they say brion, brion. it's uh brion oh, in okay Spanish. brion with the n okay so we'll like find it. out much more about gina brion, brion. uh <laughs> sounds so fancy it can also be like hey you know gina brion you brion. know yeah. just don't brion, brion or brillin no. 
and I will oh, murder I'm you. Oh, I'm sure you, you will. will. She will come through that you. microphone. Yes, I will come through the microphone. So everybody uh, listen. As I mentioned, Gina's got it going on. She has a really great stand-up career uh, in momentum and uh, propelling yeah. forward super quick. She's already uh, gotten a lot of big recognition that we'll we'll talk about later, and some projects in the works. Uh, probably some she can talk about, and some that may be secret. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun unpacking her journey and how she looks at humor and and and. Uh, not just about her career, but um, what's funny, what's not to her, and uh, and how she constructs jokes and and all those sorts of things. Uh, I say all this, assuming she's going to participate in that conversation. I will tell you nothing. Oh, fabulous! Well, it's going to be a very over. short show, everybody. Yeah, thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> I will share none of it. And of course, as usual, we will have uh, an improv game that we will all enjoy. I have uh, a couple for us to choose from. I'll leave it to Gina to choose which one, both of which we've not yet played on the show. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, always new. Always new. We haven't cycled back yet. Danielle. I know. I'm we're, shocked. We're too new. Oh, you don't even do you. Do you have any idea how many we already have in the library from even uh, when we did Monkey Radio? Oh, I don't even oh, know. There's got to be, Elsie, well, we've got to have like 30 or 40 games. Oh, I thought easily. you were going to say like 100. Well, I could think of new ones. I'm every sure day, you could. As you could. I know. I could. Too. So, uh, <laughs> like we're doing it right now. We don't exactly. even know. It's yeah, crazy. that's a whole improv game so, just happened right, now, right <laughs> before exactly. my eyes. Just... And, and and later in the show, of course, end of show food, where Elsie will surprise so us exciting. once again with something either awesome or horrible. I can't wait to see which. Me too. What do you think it's going to be, Elsie? What do you mean? What I think? I'm the one that picks it. Awesome. No, not. I'm sorry. Maybe I wasn't clear. Will it be awesome? Awesome or, will or it be horrible? horrible? Oh, yeah. T T B D. I I think big time from something that I saw on the desk that I don't know if I should have seen. I think it's going to be awesome considering our guest. I think our guest is going to like it. I will point out that there's one that I'm aware of. Okay. That I actually didn't look closely enough, but I'm aware that you have not seen it yet. So it is possible that's one that could come out. So okay. you don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I'm excited. I wish anyway. there was suspense music. I, know. I can hear it in my head. I know. It'll be – no, it won't be in post. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it will not be in post. We are not doing suspense music. <laughs> don't get excited for it. It's not happening. I do have a question for you though, Danielle. Oh, yeah, Mark. Yeah, what's your question? <laughs> I always forget this is going to happen. She, you look like brace yourself so – but I, yeah. I'm always interested in you, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. What's going on with you? So I, I'm, I need to know yeah. why paperclips. Mm-hmm. Because I noticed you have paperclips stuffed about in every possible. There's some attached to your hair. There's some sticking out of your boots. There's some in your pocket. There's some on my pajamas. On your pajamas, exactly. Yeah, do you like my necklace? necklace. Um, there's even one hanging off your eyebrow. I, what is well, the that's deal a new piercing, clips? but yeah. Oh, very nice. why the paperclip? Yeah, there's just like a, quite a few of them. You know, um, have you ever heard of like ethical jewelry, like ethical fashion? Yes. Yeah. So you know, I just, I've just been on this kick in 2019, like with the new year, and I've just wanted to recycle, rejewel, if you will, things in my house. Ah, rejeweling. So I I just decided, rejewel, you know, it's a new term. I just decided to link all these paper clips together and make something of it today. Oh, great. So what you're saying is, is rather than going out and buying new jewelry or wearing any jewelry that you may have, you're making use of things you have around the house and giving them new purpose. 
Absolutely. Sharing exactly. them with the world. And yeah, and it, I think it kind of goes along with my lumberjack model pajama thing too. How, how's that? Well, you know, um, st- I could just go off on a tangent and absolutely lie, but I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> 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 oh, you were gonna... so committed. I was very, I was very ready for that connection. Is, 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 that, was... is that is that the, is that the transition from yes and to <laughs> yes and I to would, but I have no maybe idea. Maybe not. <laughs> Too psych. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, was, I... You know, I do actually love repurposing, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun. It is. So thanks for noticing. Yeah. Well, I always do. Do you know what I will say too? Yeah. Is this week speaking of like ethical and like homemade and like you know different kinds of jewelry my mom sent me these really cute earrings in the mail and the paper clip that was on the little thank you note was this super cute like brushed gold paper clip and i was like i feel like this costs more than the earrings so oh, you know nice i was inspired and i put them around my neck boom there it is yeah. You know, by the way, and we're back. And I, did I, I recently gave my fiance a, uh-huh. a little gift. It was a little, um, like a like a gold rose with like a purple. <gasps> she likes purple too, Elsie, and uh, and nice little thing. But what I thought was interesting came in this nice little box, and you open up, and it's it's sitting there, and it has some sort of card that says like what the supposedly the gold is. Okay, you know whatever. But there's just this purple ribbon just sitting in there. It's not tied to anything. It's not holding anything down. It's just like huh. – it's like the assembly line goes – okay, they, the box looks like rose, card, throw the ribbon in, close it up. I was trying to figure out when did we start going to like accessory – like oh. random ribbon. Random like it, ribbon. Yeah. Do you think it was a mistake? It sounds like a band. It was supposed to be random ribbon on tonight at, at <laughs> midnight. Coming up next on the stage, everyone. It's your favorite. Uh... Random ribbon. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what? I love those guys. I love that. That's a good name, actually. Um. Yes. So random ribbon mm-hmm. was sitting in the box. This was a gold dipped rose. Is that what you said? It, no, it's it's oh, it's not a real rose. It's like. Can you gold eat it? stem Ooh, and then there's like a purple it? top to it it's like metal that. oh okay cute sort of. that's just a little you know thing All I was right. thinking about your thing but yeah. the, the point wasn't look what I gave her it was just like this like this just this piece of ribbon just like dropped in there it was I think so they forgot it's supposed to be around something yeah they, they forgot. forgot to tie they it they screwed it up you got the defunct box their yeah. whole QC process <laughs> you know I wonder if there was like a whole I wonder if I got this like through some sort of secondary distribution system mm. that there was a whole line of these made where the ribbon was not properly attached to something oh yeah and they were like this is not this is not acceptable, acceptable. so we'll like go through a secondary distribution system get a little cheaper yeah well, you know, I'm just going to look on randomribbon.com and see. I wonder if that's a real thing. <laughs> this episode brought to you by randomribbon.com. <laughs> it's a new sponsor for your we show. We are actually not sponsored by randomribbon.com. We don't know, know if they exist, and we hope it's okay. <laughs> but if you do <laughs> exist. the site is something crazy. <laughs> I know, right? What if it is something absolutely I insane? I know. Like... Or it could be like ribbon dancing. I love dancing with ribbons. This yes. is true. And flag dancing. Or like hanging from the ceiling from ribbons or That's from like what look like big old ribbon sheet things. That always looked appealing to me, but I'm deathly afraid of heights. Does so it feel in general pass. like we should have more ribbons in our life? We really ribbons should. Ribbons are kind you of a like, symbol of happiness when you think about it. This is crazy. I was thinking about ribbons today. And I no, like this is for real because I was doing a lot of writing because the show that I do weekly 
is I have to write a lot. And I was thinking about this character and what she would put in her hair. And the first thing I thought was, oh, she could have ribbons in her hair. And I was like, oh, no, I'm writing this woman. She's in her mid-50s. She can't do that. She would totally have ribbons. Right. And then I'm like, why can't she? Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then I decided that she had, like, gold wire Yeah, what's, like, the ribbon cutoff hair. age? I know. Yeah. So guess what? Guess what's happening? You're giving ribbons? ribbons? I'm going to give them to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give them I'm going to give them to her. Maybe That's what's great about them. She should. No, she really should. There are ribbons. Yeah, yeah. This I could go on a rabbit ribbon hole. I'm gonna stop dancer. now. I know. But, um, <laughs> we never go in the weeds. Uh, do you guys remember the ribbon dancer commercial though from like the 80s and 90s? No. Well, here's the thing. The the um the theme song is um a certain thing that I have manipulated over time and created into my own theme song. <laughs> And uh, I went back and had to find it on YouTube to make sure that my theme song of the narrative of my, of my life up until this moment matched the theme song from when I was nine years old. <laughs> it could not be more different. I was like, uh, I just made up a whole song of the ribbon dancer. You created I'm sorry, a I'm still, ribbon I'm st- rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ribbon dancer, I, ribbon dancer, throw it up and fall and it falls. I don't know. But I made up my own lyrics. I could, Isn't that I another could song? Later. I think it is. Yeah, so welcome to my ribbon life. Anyway, yeah. so sorry, Mark, for derailing. That's okay. We, that's never happened on this show. No, what are you talking about? Uh, before we get started with the show, can you tell me if you have a nerd tip for all of us? I do. You know what? The nerd tip that I wanted to talk about was something. Gina, are you a freelancer? Like, are you, Do you like sit at a desk from 9 to 5? I do not. Okay, neither do I. Uh-huh. Um, and it's funny that we, before we started recording, we were talking about how we're passionate about food and how, like, and all of Gina's fancy writers for all the shows she's going to do, she's going to request delicious food. Lots of food. And I love food, too. But this nerd tip is actually about um, this CEO named Henry Stewart who's in the UK, and he's the CEO of a company called Happy, and they do IT training and stuff like that. But he talks about how eating al desco, a.k.a. at Mm -hmm. your desk, is really bad and unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And me, as someone who's never had a nine-to-five job, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And it makes so much sense. So he was like, snacks are okay. Coffee and tea is is, is okay. But do not eat lunch there. So I just thought it was interesting to see, like, the no-nos versus the, like – the the okays also a no no is to do not eat fish in the office like if you yeah, have a, a meal disrespectful though. that's true someone what recently... fish yeah because fish has a very strong smell yeah and to have that in an office people are like gross in the studio <gasps> yeah. one time we had a recording and one of the uh, staff members of one of the hosts um, brought in salmon to eat for lunch and it was fine I mean it's natural to do. <laughs> But the lingering, no yeah, one foresaw it. It's not like I went, yeah. no, no, don't bring it in here. I was just like, what does that smell? Oh, my God, it's the salmon. And it was just lingered. And it stays I, for I a felt, while. Yeah, That's yeah it does. Like, mm. So I just, I thought that was interesting. And also something that, um, it was this article in The Guardian. It was something also they talked about was that if you are going to eat, go and actually like break bread with your um with your colleagues. Yeah. So like and I get it. If you have to like get up from your desk and eat, you know, uh, 
on a call, if you have like a business call or something, they yeah. just say, get out of the office, get out of your desk. So for any of you nine to fivers out there, do it. You know, and like was, breaking bread with people that you might not even talk to normally, like coworkers, like I, take a risk. I agree, but you must understand that there yeah. are the people who are I, I agree with the thinking, but for, there are people out there who are like salaried people who mm-hmm. have a lunch hour and they can choose to do it at their desk or go be with people. But when you are an uh, running your own business and you're an entrepreneur, as as really kind of all of us are here in their own ways, um, there is no lunch time. There is no I- hour you take down because you basically closed your business for that time. I know, but I disagree, Mark. And you know who else would disagree? Shonda Rhimes. She says that if she gets to her desk in the morning and sees someone that's not, you know, in the UK or in California, that's in her time zone that has been sending her emails past like six o'clock or even seven o'clock. I think she cuts it off. She writes them back and says, I think it would behoove you to not look at your email after this time. Go be with your family. Go do something. And if it's during the lunch hour, she says, do not answer emails or look at your wow. your emails during the lunch awesome. hour. And I was really inspired by that. It was at this live event I got to see her speak at. So I get the hustle and I get the whole thing. But that that even half hour break getting you're away wise. from Aldesco no, it right. is important for psychological it like, is. safety. I don't disagree. You want to say I, I don't disagree. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Which means in a way lunch meetings should be not a thing. Well, because yeah, you're that's working hard. at lunch. But you know what? If you're looking at a human's face that's not on a screen, I think that's better. And well, if you're not sitting at your desk, that's better. So baby steps, maybe. Okay. I also know? think it's more enjoyable when it's a lunch meeting rather than sitting in an office and feeling okay, like you're fair. interviewing for a job rather than having a meeting about a project or something. You're right. Like, yeah, let's meet over lunch. Over lunch, you're literally eating. Maybe With you're having that's true. You're having a casual glass, conversation a as well. It's a wine, a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know. By the way, one time years ago, um, I worked at a, a Jewish uh, institution, mm-hmm. and um, I had emailed someone on Saturday who observes the Sabbath, not even remotely expecting them to read it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I sent it because I was working on Saturday and expected they read it on Monday. They were furious oh, that I emailed no. them on Saturday. And I'm not Jewish, by the way. Furious. And I'm like... Why are you reading your emails on Saturday? Yeah, how did you know, know I emailed you? I know. Uh-huh. And That's I'm, really and, hard. And if it's like, well, they come through my phone, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, then turn off the work emails on your phone on Saturdays. Then, yeah, that's you his know. boundary to make, I not know. yours. I Put your phone on airplane mode, bro. You've heard of it. We yeah. all do it. There's got to be like yeah. a Sabbath it's mode this, on your phone. Yeah, a Sabbath mode. It's called Like it's right next to the little airplane. That'd be cool. That actually would be really cool. Actually, for me, it's called screen time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I turn yeah. screen time on. What's screen time? It oh. limits my time on apps because guess what? I need to be babysat by myself. Mm. Yes. Ooh. Kenny Loggins, Danger Zone, Ribbon Dancer. Oh. Highway to the yeah. Ribbon Dancer, Ribbon Dancer, writing on the wall. I created those lyrics. Very good, Elsie. Elsie is an musical encyclopedia. That's a media. Okay. I guess maybe we're far enough into the show. Maybe we should start at Danielle. Would yeah. you kindly tell me to start the show? Mark, let's, yeah? I think you should just start the show. Woo-hoo. Let's do it.
From the Mouth Media Network studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. Hey everybody, thank you so much for being with us for Funny People Talking. Okay, before we uh, continue with the show, I want to start something new on the show that we're going to do on every subsequent episode uh-huh. until it resolves. And I'm going to ask all of you, meaning Danielle and Elsie in particular, to indulge me and join me in this quest. The quest is to have Tina Fey on this show. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Tina uh, Fey quest. Tina Fey quest. Okay. Now, I'm not going to get into it now because we've talked about it on the show before, I think, or or I've hinted at it. But, Danielle, I've had a few close calls of possibly working with Tina Fey. It is my goal to spend time with her, working with her, having her on the show, producing a show that she's on, something that allows me to say, okay, mission accomplished yes. in some way, okay? And um, so – I figure putting it out to the universe and putting it out on the show, it can't hurt. So the way that I'm going to do this on every episode uh-huh. is to just put it out to the universe with a request for Teenish Fay mm-hmm. to be on Funny People Talking Podcast. We beg you, Tina Fay. So if we could just, as a group, yeah, just put the energy out to the world okay, and just... Ask Tina Fey to be on the show. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Tina Fey, please come on the show. Please. I'm groveling. Please Tina, grovel I'm, I'm on her knees. Please. I Tina Fey, come in on my the show. Eyes, Tina, Tina. That's all we want. Just, just please. Just five minutes the on the show. show. You can call in. We'll come to you. Whatever you we're need. We're just we're praying right now. Yes. We're in That's a prayer it. circle. I'll make a t shirt that says TFQ. Yes. Thank you. With puff paint. <gasps> Tina, puff there's gonna be paint. puff paint. Puff paint, Tina. Throw okay. back again to miss my paint. childhood. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. All right. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> I feel like I had to go like yes. this. Yes. <laughs> we were. We were all like. We were all in a very Catholic prayer mode. We were very. <laughs> like all the statues. Like okay. all of the statues in the Catholic churches look like they're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> you want to pray to me? Right, whatever. Sure. That's fine, I guess. Yeah. Why don't you put some money down? We'll see what we can do. <laughs> so I wanted to start this off by. Uh, as if that wasn't starting it off, with um, an article that I saw that intrigued me to no end. And I feel I should bring it up for discussion. And that is this. Yeah, what platform was that on? A French physicist, and this is true, has won a – I don't know what this means. It says an IG or LG Nobel Prize. So I'm not sure what that means. An Instagram Nobel Prize? Oh, my God. I don't <gasps> think that's what it is. <laughs> that would be so LG, amazing. LTE, 4G? For Nobel using Prize. a mathematical Samsung? formula uh-huh. to determine whether cats are liquid or solid. Wait, cats? Yes. As in meow? Yes. Okay. At the center of the definition... Of a liquid is an action, and a material must be able to modify its form to fit within a container. And he was able to use an argument to demonstrate that cats may indeed actually be liquid. Because they can fit inside of things? Because they can fit inside of things and alter their shape um, in order to fit in a container. And I thought that this was 
fascinating that this would happen. It reminds me of when I was in, I think, sixth grade. A My math teacher was able to demonstrate an actual equation yeah. that proves that point mathematically proves that despite your common sense telling you otherwise, the number point nine 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 infinitesimal mm-hmm. is actually equal to the number one. What? And you would say, well, how could that be? Isn't it just by definition less because it's point? But you can actually mathematically prove it equals one. What? Not Get round out. up. You actually can do like an equation that's very simple and prove it. I can't do it right here on the show. I don't remember it many years ago. We but need I've... to get a blackboard in here. Yeah. You need to make that happen. But it's, yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating to me, these, these kinds of things that you can find an argument. Yeah. Which demonstrates right. to me, are our sciences flawed? This guy's a scientist that he gets he gets paid to like do stuff like this. He made this big speech that made this big presentation about that, cats possibly being liquid instead are, of like working on like cancer or something. Like, could we work towards something? Well, else? I wonder though if they are connected. If he's like, well, if this is liquid, then like what other cells are liquid? Do you yeah. know? What I mean? Like maybe like there's maybe a there's a picture. deeper reason. Yeah, because if not just a scientist hobby. I don't know, but doesn't that mean that mice are liquid too? And rats, because they can. I would say. I mean, mice can like um, get all. Yeah, I have ferrets. They're liquidy. What? Oh, snakes. Snakes definitely. So the conclusion of, by the way, the article that I got this from, the title of the article is in sciencemag.org. I guess is where. And the title of the magazine is "Cats That Behave Like Liquids, Tampons That Play Music, and Other Advances." Tampons that play music. Um, It would be a lot of rock music or against that. And, and angry rock music. And what this LG or IG Nobel Prize, <laughs> it's a parody of the Nobel Prize that honors research that oh, makes people laugh and, and then think. Okay. Oh, so so cool. it's so. real research. It's not a joke. But, so but it's still. LG is laugh and giggle. It is? Really? Is it? <laughs> we you all believe LG that you knew that. that. We're like, you just totally. won an LG Nobel Prize. Yes. I'm giving it to you right now. So – the cats can be either liquid or solid depending on the circumstances. Uh-huh. The awards don't recognize the strangest research of this year, but the strangest research in ge- – strange research in general. A cat in a small box will behave like a fluid filling up all the space, but a cat in a bathtub full of water will try to minimize its contact with it and behave very much like a solid. So for this <laughs> achievement, he was awarded the – LG Nobel Physics Prize before an audience of more than a thousand people, wow. which includes genuine Nobel laureates when you think at Harvard University. Clever. Yeah, that's pretty clever when you think about it. To do a scientific study like that and then to prove it to at least be true to a certain extent based on research yeah. and to have people go, wow, all right, yeah, maybe. To have me even think, oh, right. maybe, I wonder if cats are, are cats like what? Yeah, maybe they are. Was I not holding a cat not too long ago? Yeah, but like we were also holding a cup of water, you That's know. True. Whoa, whoa, wow. Mind blown. Are we? Are we in the same dimension? Which I don't know, happened? but it's all about that perspective, which yes. is really interesting. Like wow. water, cats people, can have an icy personality. They can, <laughs> similar to the liquid itself. Elsie is a cat named. None of your business. None of your business. I almost said forget about it. Yeah, close enough. Whoops. None of your business. None of your business is her cat. That should be the next cat. If there ever is a for, cat. Forget F- about forget it. Forget about it. I like that. 
What's your cat's name? Forget about it. Well, no, they say, what's your cat's name? And she says, none of your business. And she goes, think of Jesus. Actually, now you can make liquid solid jokes as well, I think. Yeah. I don't believe that Elsie makes jokes at all. She's accidentally funny sometimes. I know. I'm going like this as if she can't. I know. Yeah, uh, Danielle was like speaking like with her hand on the side of her this mouth. This isn't being recorded or anything, <laughs> right? Can you think of anything in your life that you remember? And I realize this is out of the blue and putting yeah. people on the spot. Can, can you think of anything that you believed was one thing in life and you discovered later that it was different? Yeah, the Ribbon Dancer song. <laughs> yes, yeah, Totally. That messed up her whole world right now. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I told you my Yeah, the Ribbon Dancer song ruined yeah. it all for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? That's a great question. Like like something like that you thought about the world that you Well, just mostly went... like song lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had one That's, of those. Well, I feel like song lyrics are for everyone because we sing yeah. the wrong lyrics forever. Like Kiss from the Rose on the Grave. It's actually the Rose <laughs> on the Gray. And Seal, what were you thinking? Seal, oh, what were that. you thinking? <laughs> You know that's Rose on the Grave. Go ahead, Elsie. Look at me, I'm Sandra D, full of West Virginity. Is that what you thought it was? Oh, you thought she was from West Virginia. West that makes Virginity. Sense. Oh, West so, Virginia. Virginity. Oh, wow. It's different for me. It is. It's three hours earlier. It is. So Did you really think that was it? <laughs> yeah. When I was in college, my but roommate I, but and I, I was in fifth grade. So Oh, I'm sorry. Well, when fifth I was grade in, is when the sex fifth, ed class happens, though. In your school no, district? Mine, mine, mine <laughs> what, were you from West kind of Virginia? Oh, did no, you I'm from so. Southern California. Mine was in fifth grade, and it was the Miracle of Life video was shown. Holy cow. Yeah, fifth grade, guys. You we know, eighth grade. So. Get liberal. Yeah, I didn't remember <laughs> having a, any kind of class like that we until did high school. I well, I one. also I still had don't just. Know. <laughs> I still don't know. I'm guessing. I'm you guessing. You also all didn't time. have a reading list. All right. All right. Oh, okay, Mark. Sorry, you had a story. She, we just no, keep cutting you I was, off. All I was going to say was that I, when I was in college, do you remember that song? It goes. Um, it's from the '80s, so I don't know, but it goes uh, two of hearts, two hearts, two hearts that, that beat as one." I thought it was two I, of us. It's two of hearts. Oh, whoops. Keep two going. hearts that beat as one. Keep going. But we honestly thought, <laughs> for whatever reason, that the lyrics were two pop tarts, two tarts you eat as one. Two. That pop makes so tarts. much sense. Oh, I know. It's so delicious right now. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Snacks. I'm like, oh, oh, she's pop ready to tarts? eat all Desco. Yes, I'm going to eat all Desco all the time. I'm going to eat all Desco. Speaking of oh, food, I, I was, I was going to bring this up. Have you. I have been having the worst luck over the last several months that any time that I go into any place, it could be like a fast food place, it could be to go get coffee, it could be, I don't do it that often, but when I have, I don't, I, I realize that many of the people, not all of the people, but many of the people working in fast food chains are doing that often because they aren't able to get any other kind of work. That isn't always true, but there's a certain, just a skill level there that, yeah. that, exist and it varies i mean it varies all throughout of course but i have found that it doesn't matter that you give all details of your order they they will only listen to certain parts of it and then ask you for the details so if i were to say i would like one large coffee with skim milk and nothing else thank you they will go anything else with that well that's automatic Yeah, yeah autopilot but I'm like, and then <laughs> I know I, I don't understand. I'm like, so I'm or or I'll go like, I would like four chicken McNuggets, and they're like, 
Two? How many? Yeah, and how they many? go, wait, great, what size? And you're like, oh. <laughs> it's just like, what size do four come in? <laughs> That's the size. That's the size. <laughs> I know. I don't understand it. I don't I, understand. It's, it's autopilot. Okay. I'm very guilty of it in my bartending job. Well, okay, that let me was ask five you this. years ago. What do you think of this new trend that they have where they, they say, following? Asking, oh, yeah. Which is supposed to be, I believe, the intent is to say gender neutral. The following guest, yeah. Would the following guest, would the following step guest up or step up? Yeah, but it they has go following. Degenerated into following, not even the following or the yeah. following guest. It's We're a culture following. that likes to shorten things. We're like, yeah. you know what? Following guest is too long. Just say following. Why don't we just go with it. F? Yeah. F, and then somebody well, just walks we out. Did, well, What's you guys, next? the word very is gone now. It's just, I'm V hungry. I am I've never v heard hungry. that. I'm V tired. I'm V hungry. I am I've tired AF. Really you amazing? know why? It's because you're V out of the loop right now about yeah. V, Mark. You just need the be, word V. You need do to be I have v to say it with the vocal fry? Yeah, do it. California Valley Girl. Sure. V. I'm V. I'm so V. No, V. No, no, no. You got to be V something. You got to be V something. I said I'm V tired. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. I, I, I can I tell. reduced tired so much you didn't even hear it. No, what, <laughs> what, what I heard was V-tard. V-tard. <laughs> and that is reference to a musical v, construct. V-tard? Retard. Oh. I, oh. It means he's when you, very. It means to slow down. I don't <laughs> He's very tired. Um, she's, she's, she's very tired. tired. She's tired. It was very southern twang you put on it. I was like, I'm very tired. Yeah, I'm so tired, y'all. Weirdly, I I I'm aging myself in my own brain because the reference I got out of that was actually V, which was a movie I think in the '80s about aliens. It was, was a show, first of all, and they <gasps> ate birds. All right, look, if you're gonna bring up V, <laughs> you better know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was. Wow. I used to watch that show all That's the incredible. time. V I, was a knew? show, and they were aliens, yeah. and there were lizard people, and they ate birds, right. and it used to freak me out. But I couldn't stop watching this show because I was so fascinated. Were by there it. humans? There were some humans on the show. Did the humans eat birds too? The humans did not eat birds. Okay, weird. Unless Just they were the trying aliens. to pretend and, to be aliens. Gina, okay. I have to say, and yes. I, I'm not, I'm not prying or asking you to disclose this, but from generally, we are able to sort of evaluate people's apparent age group. Based on their appearance and having no other data to go on. Yes. You do not strike me as someone that would be chronologically old enough to have been watching V. Well, I'm immortal. Let's start there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been alive for know. centuries. <laughs> this is going to be our number one listen to episode because no one has ever been immortal on the show. So I'm excited. Wow, guys, I can answer all of your I'm questions. I'm so excited. Jesus was a real dude and he was super cool. Oh I don't know God. why everybody acts like he wasn't. He seems like the raddest. <laughs> totally met him. He Love was it. rad. Got Love some it. selfies. His name's actually Bill Jesus, yeah. but he went by Jesus. You know, we're Golden Bill. Everybody's like Jesus of Nazareth, and we were like, yeah, we know where he's from. That's Gosh. his last name. You yeah, know? of Nazareth. Turns out, <laughs> totally his last name. Okay, but wait, yeah, you are because you look very, you look v young. You do. You look v thirty eight. You're not. That's not. No, yes, I'm thirty eight years old. You honestly, Jesus. Mentally, I'm like fourteen. Never see yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> How old do you think I am? Oh, and gosh. I promise, no matter what you guess, I will not just be upset. Just look on his IMDb right now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 don't. I'm just kidding. No, just look. Just, just, I'm just She's kidding. curious what 72. you think. I, shut up, Elsie. 72. Oh. Oh, my goodness. That's 72. 
Uh, you are not seventy two. My my dad is is like eighty, so I'm I'm going I'm retracting from eighty and like pulling it. back. First of all, thank you. And yeah, it's like, I I'm pulling know. it back, and I'm gonna say. Right. And you don't need to be nice. I'm genuinely interested in what your impression is. I'm yeah. gonna say like, I wouldn't guess, or I would guess early to mid forties. Really? Yes. Yeah, I'm fifty two. <gasps> Whoa! Congrats! Ooh, look Mark. at you, boo boo. Okay. Wow. Taking care of that skin, oil of Olay. I see you. I did Actually, not I'm know. terrible with my skin. Are you really? Yeah. My mom exfoliate. ingrained that into me as a kid. Like she would always Clearly. like moisturize, and she would be like, "You have to moisturize." And when you do, you do circles up over all your face, yeah. come up from uh, your neck. Uh, yes, yeah, she I would always tell that. me that. And my mom has the most amazing skin to this oh. day too, and she has a beautiful complexion. I used to wish I was dark like mm-hmm. my mom. She has a beautiful, beautiful. like dark olive skin tone. It's gorgeous. just gorgeous. And my dad came out with. A mix of colors. My dad is very light skin. My okay. mom's very dark skin, so I came out beige. I'm like this light beige, except in <laughs> the like summer a I get honey, which is nice. Honey beige. Yeah, which is nice, but great. very hard to find makeup for. Like I have winter makeup yeah. and then I have summer makeup oh, fu- <laughs> because yeah, I get darker. That makes sense. I get darker in the summer. I don't. I just burn. So I have to find red makeup to match. Yes, no. <laughs> that's what you should do now. Obviously, I have. I'm Italian and Irish, so it's like you know we have. My husband is very, very light skinned too. He's oh, from he Indiana. He's, he's a white boy from Indiana. Oh, he well, gets my very boyfriend's red. from the south, and he's oh, a white he? boy too. So oh, there we go. We have so much in common. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's great. All right, coming up, we're going to hear a little bit from Elsie's world, and uh, and we're going to explore. Everything about Gina. But first, it's time for a game of improv. So I'm going to give you, Gina, a chance to choose between two games. And I don't care which one you choose. I'll explain what they are. I know. Uh, The first one is called If I Were in Charge of the World. And what it involves is we'll give you a problem. It could be a real problem that, that people encounter. Uh, for example, like people bumping into me on the sidewalk all the time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you had unlimited power, unlimited wealth, nothing could stop you, what would be the way you would solve this problem where just imagination knows no bounds? So uh, – and there's a rule to the game, which I'll explain soon. There's a tradition that goes with the game. So that's that's the first okay. game that you can do. And everyone will take a shot at it. Okay. Okay. The second game that we can choose from – is called Guppy Tank. And it's like Shark Tank, where you pitch a product, except the product is clearly something that's implausible. But you have to sell it in some way and convince the others that they'll invest. So, uh, and I just had thought of that because I love Shark Tank and I saw uh, something about it the other day and I... So the idea has to be so ridiculous that there's absolutely no way. Exactly. It would be like um, um, a, a table with a giant hole in it and you have to like sell one. Would, <laughs> yeah. That is the best idea ever. Okay, that's fine. I actually know an office that has one of those. You would. I do. <laughs> Does someone sit in the middle of it? Like No. That's Ugh. the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I know what office you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to write so that. Gina, pick. <laughs> If I were in charge of the world or Guppy Tank. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to go with if, uh, if I were in charge of the world. Okay, yes. great. The so the, the, the rule for this game is that when you start the game, you must begin it by saying exactly this, the way I said it. If I were in charge of the world, I would 
solve this problem that's because of blah, 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 blah. That's the rule. Okay. That's that's the only important rule, and you just you just once you've done you know you get used to it, and uh, and when you're done, um, you know you make it clear that you've concluded the solution to the problem. Okay. So we'll we'll kind of rotate as to who gives who the the challenge and the problem. So um, I, I will demonstrate. Okay. And um, so uh, how about Elsie? Why don't you give me a problem? Um, that needs to be solved in the world that I can solve if I were in charge of the world. People spilling stuff on the subway. People spilling stuff on the subway. I love it. Okay. So if I were in charge of the world, I would solve the problem of people spilling things on the subway by creating a kind of invisible fencing, electrical Mm -hmm. fencing on the subway. And... The way that I would do that that would be economically viable is I would round up all of the truant children and troubled children out there and built into each subway would be a kind of exercycle that generates electrical current. (laughs) And if the child reduces their speed of generating electricity, um, they themselves get shocked. So in order to avoid getting shocked yourself, you have to keep up a certain speed for a certain period of time. Yes. Okay. So what would happen is, is if you spilled something on the subway, um, the shock would be such that it would instantaneously shock you. Uh. So my, uh, there would be two levels of shock built into this. And I I would have a whole NASA department devoted to the physics behind <laughs> this, of course. Child uh, you know, labor. Of course. Child and, labor, uh, yes. Child abuse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All these things. I'm in charge of the world, so I made up the and, rules. These rules don't exist and anymore. the electric shock for the people with a pacemaker and stuff. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Look, it's if you natural die, selection. you die. So, Why anyway, don't you get rid of that oh Snickers wrapper? So, so, so there would be two levels of shock. And one would be just bringing a liquid uh, an open liquid in the subway. Yeah. And then um, there would be a third, a second level shock if you were eating something in the subway that was open and had clear moisture. Okay, so you can eat a like a dry bagel, but you can't have like a like be like eating like a casserole, for example, mm-hmm. or soup. And uh. and then there would be a third level of shock if you actually spill it. Um, the I think really the only thing that I'm concerned about is if you spilled it on someone by accident, I don't want that victim to get shocked because they're connected. So we still haven't worked out all the kinks of the plan, Mm -hmm. but that's how I would solve the problem of people spilling on subway. If I were in charge of the world. Well played. played. I'm slightly terrified. Yes. That was very dark. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what a peek into Mark's psyche we gotta go there we gotta go there <laughs> okay so I really did weird Danielle out I can see her over there she's actually got like, like body language that's like, like the poor <laughs> children <laughs> Mark I've opened it up okay so Danielle's turn okay and um, um, I'll give you a problem okay to, to deal with here okay it's gonna uh, be deep and dark because oh, it's in Mark's yes. psyche oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> his problem will so, be child abuse how will you stop Mark's no. child abuse so the problem the problem is um, all the leftover small candy canes after Christmas uh-huh. that seem to be everywhere that nobody eats and begin to rot uh-huh. and what do you do with all of those okay 
If I were in charge of the world, I would. I'm going to talk like this. <laughs> I would take all the leftover candy canes from Christmas time that get stuck to your carpet that you hate so much and your little children get sticky fingers and I would create um, uh, traps for thieves. I would gather up all the candy canes and put them in places of high volume crime. And as people were stealing innocent people's things, ah, 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 they would run across the candy cane and just like a mouse on a sticky trap, they would get stuck on the candy canes. Maybe they'd try to lick their way out. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think it's going to work great. <laughs> you can donate at <laughs> kickstarter.com slash all the candy canes in the world. If I were in charge of the world. Very good. A little <laughs> Veruca Salt really seemed to come good. out now. Yeah, I know. Daddy, like, I want one. I want one now. No, she, one. she is a, a bit more improper. Actually, actually the, the woman who played Veruca Salt, or girl who played Veruca <laughs> yeah. Salt, has a book out now. Oh, my God. He really, about I should secrets read it. behind like being in Willy Wonka. Wow. Talk about milking your... One minute of fame. Right? Well, oh, yeah. So, that's kind of all she got, yeah, right? Well, well she got like her own. Kind of <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's do Elsie next. Okay. Elsie, um, Gina, why don't you give Elsie a problem that she can solve if okay. she were in charge of the world? Hmm. If you were in charge of the world, it's a problem that you could solve. Ah, people sticking their gum underneath chairs and desks. Nice. Ah, uh, if I. <laughs> We're in charge of the world. People who stuck gum underneath the desks. I would make them all switch seats, look under their chairs, extricate the gum of others, and then eat it. I think that's a penalty enough. Maybe make them think twice of doing it again. Probably get them pretty sick. Hospital visit, maybe. <laughs> this is getting very dark. <laughs> I don't know. That's if there was no gum on their seat, then I would uh, have a backup plan that whatever was on the floor near them, they had to eat that. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh there's not always gum on every seat. Okay. Not on every seat, but she is right. there is crap on the floor. <laughs> is is there any varying degree? Sorry for interjecting. Oh any varying God. degree of punishment? Based on There's the type of gum that was left, a lot I guess catching thieves. No. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, like whatever is under the seat of choice or on the floor. I think that's that's pretty well to take care of. And if it were a park bench and there was no no other seat, then I would send them over to the dog run and eat what's on there. <laughs> 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 Vindictive, <laughs> if I were in charge of the world. <laughs> okay, very good. interesting. All right, Lots of all people right. have died during okay, this episode. It's it's weird. I find this humorous, but there's this sort of creepy undertone <laughs> yeah. today. It's very dark it's today. Weird. It's a dark it's comedy. Very, it's a little yeah, sardonic in dark. here. All right, Danielle, why don't you give something to Gina? Okay, Gina, Gina can round it out. Is it like a trivial problem, or no? It's just a problem. I think like, it should be a real problem that's out there. It can be trivial or it can be serious. Okay. Um, 
Uh, if you were in the charge of the world. But I would like to point out, if you, yeah. let's say that the problem was um, cure poverty and All right. or, and then someone could say, well, if I was in charge of the world, I would devote all the available money to creating food for the starving children. Wonderful solution. Right. Not funny. <laughs> Wonderful solution, Ouch. however. Not funny. Um. Okay. Oh. Um. So the problem of... Um, always losing hair ties and bobby pins. Like, Ooh. where do they go? Where do they go? Or you want a solution? No, for no, no. That? I need a solution for that. Like, like okay. losing the hair ties and bobby pins Ooh. for all the women out there. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> for all the ladies in the struggle. I already know how I would solve this. Yeah, <laughs> all the ladies and the it. gentlemen in the struggle. Oh my gosh, so many gentlemen <laughs> so have many long gentlemen. hair. I'm like, what it. am I talking about? Well. If I were in charge of the world, yes, I would have for every person that buys hair ties, you get a little hair tie carrier, like another person. You get a person <laughs> that awesome. is responsible yes. for your hair ties and bobby pins. They have to travel with you. Yes. Now, don't don't worry. There is a big company that supplies these people. They get paid a decent <laughs> salary. They are very happy with what they do. They love carrying hair ties. They're very responsible. They'll go with you wherever they need to go, like a buddy system, where it's like, hey, Jack, can I get my hair ties uh, Jack is very happy to give you your hair ties. And then you have someone who is responsible because clearly none of us can be responsible enough. No. So we need the buddy system yeah. to help us out with this. And how nice would it be for the friendless to have a friend that carries oh, their hair so ties? Nice. You know, all of you guys with man buns, not all of you are popular. Yeah. Some of you need friends. This yeah. could be your friend, your hair tie friend, if if you will. And that is what I would do if I or in charge of the world. Well done. Well Thank done. You. Lovely. Okay. Very good. I, Very good way to that. was really that. good. <laughs> and, and kind of a positive. Yeah, I didn't uh, want to murder anybody that. in this one. <laughs> I, didn't want to I didn't want to make a penalty that if you Everyone. lost a hair tie, your head exploded or something. <laughs> like, no, I love that. I thought, see, I thought for some reason the direction we were going to go was some sort of massive magnet that like. Just collects stu- them And then all. there's a redistribution system of some sort of all the found. Or like some pens. sort of hair tie detective unit that I create. Yes. I like also love that they're not a personal assistant. They're literally no, just, just there, there for, for your hair, hair ties. ties. Like, look, all I cover is hair ties. You can't be like, yo, get me a coffee. All I do is hair ties, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And That's maybe the, ribbons the in your hair. Maybe you a ribbon. If, if it comes back to ribbons. <laughs> okay, coming up, we're going to have a quick peek into Elsie's world, and then we're going to explore all about Gina and her journey, her jokes, and everything ahead for her right after this. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. All right, everybody, it's time for a peek into the world of Elsie. 
All right. Elsie, what's going on in Elsie's world that we should know about? Nothing. I'm not telling you that much. But I will talk about something that will tell you something about Gina, because I'd rather talk about that. That is so cheating. I, but I don't care because I'm the producer. So um, my story is short, which is uh, I used to have a neighbor and I had another cat before the cat that I currently have. And I thought that my pet should meet their pet, which turned out to be a really bad idea. And so I took my cat downstairs to my neighbor and introduced my cat to his pet, Ferret. But I did not know that cats and ferrets don't like each other. So that was a really bad idea. And um, I had to get out of there faster. I probably would have been a bloody mess. So then that's my story. And we're going to talk about Gina now. What did this have to do with Gina? You'll see if you just listen to her. <laughs> okay, so whatever whatever this is is going to organically come up in our conversation. Yes. Yeah, because I know something you don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, with that lead in, thank you, Elsie, for that incredibly <laughs> vivid peek into your world. <laughs> um, with that lead in, uh, let's talk about Gina Brion. Uh, Gina, uh, let's start out. How would you describe yourself? I know that you're a stand up comedian. Yes. But what about um, my lead in? <gasps> <laughs> this is, I just this gave is you true. the lead in. Uh, are you structuring the whole conversation too? Can you just let her tag on to my story and then you can oh, do yours? Right. Why don't you introduce Gina then? No, I'm just letting her tag on to my story. Micromanaging, you are. I'm the producer. You're uh, producing, but you're just. So, like... Gina, do you have any stories about ferrets and cats, or maybe just ferrets? I actually do. Yes. Wow! Imagine that coincidence. <laughs> I am the proud owner of two male ferrets. I had two female ferrets before, um, and it is difficult with cats unless you the ferret has been around the cat for a very long time, and they've been like assimilated to each other. Like it's really hard because. Both with cats and dogs, if you get the wrong breed of dog and you bring a ferret around, they think it's like a chew toy or like something to beat up. With dogs specifically, you have to be careful with the type of breed that you get. And my brother, when I lived with my brother and I still had my two girl ferrets, he has three cats. And one of them thought that my ferrets were like kittens. So she treated them like kittens. Like she wanted to play with them and she would sniff them and she would like try to clean them. But then when they would get hyperactive and want to play, she would run away scared because she didn't really know what they were. So the ferrets attack the cats or the cats attack the ferrets? It depends. Most ferrets are not uh, aggressive enough to attack another animal like that. Some of the males can be, but it's usually meant in a playful way. But with a cat or a dog, if you scare an animal like that, they're going to automatically assume it's aggressive. Mm. So even though one of the cats was like in love with my ferrets the other one tried to kill them several times <laughs> or like would hiss at them and like scratch yeah, at them and i would get so nervous i would just grab them and just like i would separate them i would not let that cat near the ferrets so obviously. can you not have one female and one male ferret at the same time it's not recommended okay that's only what because wondering. the males get uh, a lot bigger than the females do mm. and the males can be more aggressive like mm-hmm. I have two boys now I had two girls before mm-hmm. the males are definitely the boys are way bigger than my girls were and way wow. more playful they wrestle throw each other around oh they jump God. up super high they climb into things or constantly in drawers or escaping from their playpen they're very mischievous 
And I was a dog person who became a dog and a cat person and then became a dog, cat, and a ferret person. Like, I love them all. Wow. Uh, um, but I'm I'm in love with my two boy ferrets. Their what names are their are, names? Kodo um, and Poto. After a little movie called The Beastmaster, which yes. I watched as a kid. And he had his two his two ferrets were Kodo and Poto. Oh. So I think we have a glimpse into the kind of entertainment that you enjoy. <laughs> we like V. Yes, V. Beastmaster. Are you into horror flicks and stuff? Is that your I thing? am hugely into horror. I love the genre. A lot of people would be like, what? But I I am fascinated by horror movies. I think because as a kid, especially, I wasn't allowed to watch them a lot. A lot of Latino mm. parents are like, absolutely not. Mm. Most of them are churchgoers. Like, mm-hmm. it's very big. Yeah. And so they really believe that if you watch horror movies, not only are you going to have nightmares, mm-hmm. they do believe that that's how some people get possessed. Mm, and so, like, for I a can lot understand, of people, like, it, it, it's wanting to invoke fear in exactly. you. So it's like bringing out the the fear. Or bringing out the darkness in a, into somebody who's like, hey, serial killing looks like fun. Like that's what they really think if you uh-huh. watch a lot of that dark stuff. But growing up, I, I was fat. I saw all the uh, Friday the 13th movies. Oh I saw God. all the Freddy Krueger movies. Yeah. I I used to watch, um, there's a series of movies. <laughs> this is so crazy. Called Puppet Master. Mm-hmm. And I used to be so scared of these movies until I got older and I watched them and I realized that the puppets only kill terrible people. Like they only killed like the worst people in the world. And then I was like, I'm kind of on the puppet side on this one. Like I'm with the puppets. That guy was a douche. He totally deserved that. So it just made me see the movie differently and really love the movies. But I really do. I love horror movies and I give just about any horror movie a chance when it comes out in theaters. Would you I will watch consider it. A Quiet Place a horror film? Did you see it? More thriller. Okay. And almost with when they revealed the monster, almost like sci-fi in the way okay. the monster looked I was like just so wondering. alien. <laughs> but it yeah. was yeah, it was, I, it was good. Though. I yeah, because I get scared at horror films, and so like the most quote unquote scary I go was like. John Krasinski. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, if you're like, I'm gonna this, go I can deal with it. Scary. Yeah. And Emily won the award. I know she won the SAG award for it. I voted for her. I love her. I was think, just thinking, for some reason, I was like interested about the Puppet Master, how you saw it differently once you thought about them killing the baby. It made me think of fairy tales. Yeah. You know, so many fairy tales are really little horror stories. They're really dark when you look They're into. Dark. So I'm also, I also end up going Little down Red a Riding YouTube Hood. rabbit hole all the time uh-huh. of conspiracy theories, oh. paranormal <laughs> stuff, everything. And when you watch the real stories behind some of these fairy tales, it is legit disturbing. The, like the fake story we're selling, we're selling our kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Cinderella, the stepmother actually cuts off her step uh, her, her daughter's toe. toes so yeah. that they can fit into the shoe. It's really dark. Like they're actually a lot darker than the movies. And that I we think Ariel dies um, in the Little Mermaid. She actually dies in the story. Sorry, sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> spoiler Ew. alert for the book. Uh, yeah, like in the original there stories, my it's always Saturday like darker. Night. Yeah. yeah. Plus, mermaids are kind of like evil. If you look up mermaid lore, I really do get into paranormal. No, stuff. I'm, I'm with like, you. Hello, yeah. welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. We're gonna play. We're yes. gonna play. It'll be great. So, Gina, how do you think of yourself? How do you think of yourself, all kidding aside, about who, what, what do you do, or who are you as an identity? Are you a comedian? Are you a storyteller? Are you an, an, an actor who's using comedy as a way to get into that? Mm-hmm. Are you an artist? Are you a creative person? What, I know you're probably all those things, but what would you say primor- primarily your identity is? 
Well, that's an interesting question because I do identify with all those things apart from the actor who's just doing comedy. Um, I see those as two completely okay. different things. Didn't mean to minimize them, by the way. Well, no, no. But I absolutely hate when people do that as like when they're actors and they're just like, well, I'm just going to do comedy because I want stage time. Like mm-hmm. comedy takes so much dedication. It takes so much love. And whenever I meet a new comic, I always tell them the same thing. You better love this because if you don't love this, it, it, you're not going to last. It gets it, way harder before it gets easy or fun or before you get paid. It actually needs to be it's more hard. than love, doesn't it? It needs yes. to be obsession. I must do this. Yes. yes. This it, is an unavoidable it has to track be your trajectory passion. for me. Yes. Because if you are not passionate about it, there is absolutely no way you will grow or last in this business. Do you have a sense of when you first understood that you had that level of passion and commitment to it? When I was really young, um, even before I even discovered stand up, I knew that I loved to make people laugh. I was always a very sensitive kid, um, like just more empathic than most people. Mm-hmm. And because of that, whenever somebody was upset or sad and I felt like it was almost like it was crushing me, my instinct was to save them in some way by making them laugh. That was my instinct. My natural instinct was just make this person laugh, mm-hmm. make them happy for just a second, just a second to take away whatever this is that they're going through. And so even at a very young age, I was so connected to the healing properties of making somebody laugh. Yeah. It can heal a situation. It can heal a person. It can heal yourself, you know. Yeah. Even you, like gallows humor. Like people yeah. people love gallows humor for a reason. And because, there, there's something yeah. about it that mm-hmm. brings when you can bring somebody joy. Even just for a split second to have somebody come up to me after a show and be like, I really needed that laugh. Mm-hmm. It means more to me than anything in the world to hear that stuff from people because mm-hmm. that's that's originally how I fell in love with comedy or making people laugh in the first place is just that feeling of joy. So good. I love yeah. that. You grew up in Queens. Uh, I grew up in the Bronx. I live in, in the Queens Bronx. now. You live in Queens now. Yeah. So you grew up in the, in the Bronx. In the Boogie Down. Uh, interesting. <laughs> boogie Down, sorry. Now, are you able to do both Bronx and Queen and accents? I can't really do Queens. What's the difference of the I can't accents? really do Queens unless, like, it's easier a lot to, it's much easier for me to do, like, um, like, Brooklyn to me is very, like, I got a lot of girls from Brooklyn that are always like, my guy, my guy. Relax, yeah. my guy. Yo, fam, what's up? Relax, my guy. That's very, that's very Brooklyn. Whereas I, all the girls that I grew up with, you, the, you got the head bob going with it yeah, too. Yeah, head kind of goes guy. forward as you say it. Yeah. And the girls that I always knew from the Bronx were all those girls because I grew up in such a uh, Latino neighborhood because I'm Puerto Rican. Like all the girls had that nasally, that like, mm. oh my god, for real, no, you so stupid. That's how everybody, <laughs> you so stupid. What happened? Wait, what happened? That was a big part of my life. What happened? <laughs> I say it. I will say what happened. If Every somebody day. says my name, I'll be like, yo, what happened? <laughs> it's just it's part of my dialogue. Now. <laughs> um, one of my buddies had a really great joke. Russ Maneem, really funny comic, and <laughs> I don't know if he's still doing the joke, but I thought it was so funny where he used to say. He, he lived in the city and he goes down to his local bagel shop and he orders a bagel with cream cheese and yeah. the girl behind the counter goes what happened and he goes well i was in my apartment i got hungry i thought i should walk down here she's like, wait oh i just God. want a bagel with cream cheese <laughs> i, I love so that funny. what happened i got hungry i thought i should come down here <laughs> that's when i realized how ridiculous it is that i say what happened that's so good so your I your path to comedy has come from empathy 
yes. uh, at least originated from there for you. How do you think that connects to the way your material has developed over time? What is your material like? I talk a lot about um, family stuff, relationships, stuff that I feel like connects us all. Mm-hmm. Um, from a Latino perspective, obviously, like from the perspective of somebody who grew up in the South Bronx, who, mm-hmm. you know, was was from, I, I mean, I want to say a lower than middle class family because, yeah. you know, there was a time when we struggled so much to get food that, you know, we were on welfare for a while. We yeah. were waiting on online for stuff. So I think I've always kind of concentrated on how we're all connected. One mm-hmm. of the stories I told when I, um, I, I was lucky enough to get a part on the Connors. On ABC, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I you is know, that come is that in this in upcoming episodes. It's actually already up on Hulu. There, the, it's episode five and six, and I I had Great. such a wonderful time. Which, which what, what did you play? I played this is this is the kicker. This was what made my brother so happy. Uh, I played part of a lesbian couple that were trying to adopt Becky's baby. Oh my gosh! I totally know. And you were great. So, uh, thank you. You were, tr- you were in more than one episode. I, I think. was, yeah. And uh, great. it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But one of the things I, I told the people on set when I was talking about my love for the show and its past was it was the first time as, as a young Hispanic kid in the Bronx that I saw a white family that was as broke as my family. Mm. And I thought, oh, broke has no color. Mm-mm. Like there's no, when you're broke, you're just broke. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're white, black, Latino. We can talk about the wealth gap later. Yeah. But when when I saw that, I went, oh my God. Yeah. Like they're struggling too. And there was this connection. So whenever I thought about comedy or thought about moments like that, I wanted stuff that people could connect to, that it didn't matter what race or socioeconomic pile you you fall in whatever group you fall in you could look at the person sitting across from you and go oh my god i know right and just laugh and that was what was so important to me so i wanted to talk about things that we all experience that's great just from my perspective well yeah and i was gonna say too like you know because on the show we've had a few comedians on and we do talk about how jokes that resonate actually truly with someone that's gonna get that's going to get everyone in the room, whether, you know, you're a European crowd or a crowd from, you know, the West Coast, East Coast, whatnot. And I think, too, what's so great about your comedy in that way is that it is your own perspective because that's what's going to, like, stop people from stealing your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I feel like some people do observational comedy and they can be good at it. Yeah. But I love that you're doing, like, your own twist of your own observational comedy. Yeah, in, in essence, like I feel like all comedy is slightly observational, of course. and so it, like it has to be because you're noticing a behavior or something, right? Peculiar. And it's through your lens, exactly. Yeah, some people I've seen because I I used to produce stand up comedy. Actually, that's how I'm I know so sorry. a lot of I'm our friends. <laughs> well, no, I actually wanted to try stand up a while ago. Oh, it's wonderful to try it. I oh, always I, tell people to try. Oh, it. Oh, I tried it for but like producing. six months and then I stopped. No, and producing I was way good at. I know, weird. It's... That's me, but <laughs> it worked out. But I was like. Noticing that some people were trying to be the next Jerry Seinfeld. And I was like, you can't duplicate that. Like, I want to know who you are on stage. Yes. So that just really excites people me. People get lost in what they, what they want to be instead of yeah. accepting who they are. 
Yeah. Like, I want to be like this person. I, I was a big Pryor fan, so I want to be just like Pryor. Instead of just like, just go up there and literally just be yourself. And it's the hardest thing to get somebody to do naturally. They say it takes about 10 years as a comic to find your voice. Yeah. Except for the very few people, like you have the Michael Chase and like the Pete Davidsons, that early on in their career, they knew what their voice was. They were just mm-hmm. dedicated and they and they put in the work. And that's yeah. another thing that a lot of like newer comics, um, you'll find this attitude of entitlement like you know one of the reasons why i love the show crashing is because it shows that struggle which is not always um i mean it's definitely not known by everybody and it's something that i think people would find interesting to know that this is how i did exactly what he's talking about in the show apart from sleeping on people's couches i i slept on park benches i slept in rented cars i barked I mm-hmm. put up with a lot of harassment and all this other stuff. I mean, I started comedy at 17. Wow. So I was the youngest and usually the only girl on a show. So I like that they show a more realistic side of mm-hmm. how comedy is and how really incredibly hard it is and how an amazing comic makes it look easy. Yes. Yeah. We make it look seamless. Yep. For a lot of people, the people that are pros at it, that have been doing yeah. it for a really long time, make it look like I just woke up and I'm just... Just I'm just like stepping this. on stage for 10 minutes and then I'm going to go. Yeah. And it's they like, don't wow. see the work behind yeah. it. Now, that's interesting to me because uh, for a lot of reasons. But one is, is when I see a comic come on stage and pay a fee to mm-hmm. see them appear, I expect them to perform for me. Let me let me rephrase that. That sounded very pretentious. <laughs> but but that's, the, bit, that's the deal we've struck. I've I've paid to be entertained for them to do their thing that they professionally do that they're being paid to do. Yeah. And they come on and they're supposed to do the routine. When I see a comic come on and it feels like they're phoning it in because maybe this is the 17th stop and yeah, s- yeah. that they've done um, or they're having a bad day or they don't feel good or whatever. I still feel like I'm entitled to the full show that I paid for. Or, or they just hate the audience, which is another audience. thing. Well, they'll be, they, we might be watching the show from the back and be like, this audience is yeah. awful. Yeah. yeah. And I always say it on stage too. I talk about how like some groups of people get together and they shouldn't. You guys should not be in a room together. You all collectively suck. You can't do group things together. Some groups of people are just not good together. So that's an interesting dynamic. Let's let's unpack that a little bit because yeah. to me what that implies and correct me if you're not implying this that comedy is a group dynamic. That I mean clearly it is because the comic says something the audience responds. That's the there is a group dynamic in a way. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine many people who go to see any type of show, comedy or not, are basically saying I am coming, I am paying money. I'm essentially paying for a service. Entertain me. Yeah. And I don't care if you don't like me or not. You, you, you I'm not making the statement just to be clear. I imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people feel this way. Your job is to come and um, you, you must dance for me. You must do your thing. Which is you the totally, by the way, FYI, wrong attitude to walk into wrong. a comedy show. It's the easiest way to ruin the show for yourself. So that's interesting. As a, a, yep. a, an audience member going to a comedy show, what you're implying, is, I think, is that to get the most out of the experience of seeing a comic perform is to come being ready to have fun with that comic. With any and, comic, yes. And I think seeing theater as well. Yeah. If you're going to a theatrical production, mm-hmm. just come with like an 
an open heart. Exactly. If I you're, understand. If you're going though, there with that yeah. idea of like, yeah. And there are people that do legitimately walk into comedy clubs, and you could tell that their attitude is yeah. dance, monkey, dance. Yeah, they said yeah. they cross their arms and they go make me laugh. Yeah, exactly. yeah. They cross their arms. You can see the make me laugh in their face, yeah. and it just automatically is like, I not only do I not want to make you laugh, I would love to ruin your night. <laughs> I would enjoy ruining. Your please night. heckle me, please. Not even please heckle me. Like, <laughs> it like does I'll sometimes, heckle you. Yeah, it's okay. It doesn't even have to be you heckling me, but you can always tell when that kind of person mm -hmm. is usually the type mm -hmm. that's going to yell something out. Right. Which, by the way, is so ridiculous to me because it's like, you're grown. And I've said this to people that have heckled before. Oh, yeah. You're what grown. You, you have legs. You can leave the room. There's literally no need for you to disrupt a show that other people may or may not be enjoying. You don't know. But you're yeah. so pompous and full of yourself yeah. that you're like, I must be vocal about how upset I, I am. I don't understand that in any way. Leave. Also, guess what? I'm sure the comedy club will give you a refund. Also, guess what? The comic doesn't care. No, they don't. So get out. We care <laughs> as much about your opinion about what we do as as you care about what we do. Right. You yeah. don't. Otherwise, you would respect the fact that it takes a lot of work for any comic to get on stage oh, in the first absolutely. place. Absolutely. So for anybody to, that's why I get so, yeah. I tell people when I go and perform at places, if I'm headlining, I will tell the manager of a club, uh, I don't know how you handle hecklers, but I immediately kick them out. And I, and I always say this and I, I tell them why. And I go, nowhere in my contract does it say I'm a bouncer. Nowhere in my contract does it say I'm a babysitter or a police officer. No. If you don't police your room, I will gladly do it from the stage, but you're not going to like how I do it. So I strongly suggest if you have a bouncer, you alert them to this because I'm not the comic that's going to go back and forth mm -hmm. with your drunk audience member. And I don't care if he has a table of 15 people with him. I will kick all of them out and I will wait on stage. And I've done it. I've, st I've stood on stage and go, I'll wait until they kick you out to continue the show. Boundaries. And I'll sit respect. there in silence. Hmm. It's about respecting the performer. And a lot of clubs out there, they want the performer to deal with the heckler. And we go, no, no, no. Look at my contract one more time <laughs> real quick so you can see what I'm contracted for. Because clearly you misunderstood nope. this agreement. No. Nope. You seem to think that I'm here to police your club. It shouldn't nope. be normal. Nope. No. It should stop. It should not be normal. Nor yeah. should it be normal to let drunk people in your club to serve them more drinks. Right. But that is another normal policy. Oh, yeah. And everybody goes, oh, they just always roll their eyes. Yeah. All right, well, this guy's coming in. He paid us money. <laughs> and you just go, well, you shouldn't let him in. You should have the same rules as a bar. You're too drunk, sir. There's a two drink minimum. Take it elsewhere. Right. But they don't. This is yeah. clearly a point of contention. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is clearly this is something I should talk about with my therapist. If you of were in charge of the world, <laughs> if I was in charge of the world, <laughs> hecklers would spontaneously combust. That's right. I love that. Uh, how much of the audience's responsibility is it to get your joke? It's not about getting the joke at all. First of all, it's not, it's not about getting it. You're just there to have a good time. If somebody's mm -hmm. not your cup of tea, mm -hmm. they're not your cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I get it. I don't think every comic is funny. I don't sit through everybody's set. My issue is when you feel like you've got to try to now destroy that comic yeah. or write a, a negative Yelp review about the club or like anything like that where it's like because you were unsatisfied. And I had this conversation with a girlfriend of mine earlier when it comes to comics getting in hot water about what they've said or done on stage, here's why that should never happen. When somebody feels triggered by a comment, mm -hmm. you have to understand the performer has no idea what your triggers are. Mm -hmm. You need to go in knowing, I have no idea what your trauma is. Yeah. If I say something yeah. that accidentally oh triggered you, yep. 
Why would you come and attack me as if we are friends and I knew that statement would hurt you? That makes no logical sense. Yeah. And the reason is people that get triggered, as somebody who mm-hmm. has triggers herself, of course. I know this, yeah. people that get triggered are coming from an emotional place, not a place of logic. And when it comes from logic and emotion, you can't argue with two people, one is emotional, one is logic. And guess they're, they're what? They're never going to get to a resolution. Yeah. Plus, martini equals oh god. <laughs> exactly <laughs> equals. I am a freedom fighter for everything that is hurting within me. There you go. And your statement has upset right. me. So now I must light you on fire and persecute <laughs> you because you're a terrible human being. Like, and what people don't get is even even a comic that's like, I don't care if I hurt your feeling. On some level, of course I care. It wasn't my intention to hurt you. Yeah, of but course. if you're going to be annoying about it. It's your place of work. Then, I mean, I can only say I'm sorry so many times. And there are performers that won't apologize. I will apologize and say, I'm sorry if I offended you. It wasn't my intention. And that's as much as you're going to get from me. And that's as much as you should ask from somebody. But I've had people that want, they want the performer to grovel. Oh, yeah. And to be like, they want you to hurt as much as you accidentally hurt them. And that's where it's like, no, you could just never come to comedy shows. You're not going to be an audience member we miss. You're too sensitive to be sitting there because it's our job to comment on stuff in life. If you do, yeah. if you stop us at the pass, you're ruining all of our shows and we're just all going to do cupcake jokes. And then everybody's yeah. going to be like, what happened to comedy? Yeah. <laughs> cupcake jokes sound delicious. <laughs> I'm just I'm very food based. Well, <laughs> so beautiful. that's jokes. good. I would because... accept a good cupcake joke. So, Gina, just a couple more uh, questions before we get to end of show food. The end of show food. End of show food uh, is. Um, First of all, as just demonstrated, you are a singer. Oh. <laughs> a little bit of something, something. I used to sing you, in church. You sing, yes, you, I sing you in sing, my church. You sing Yay. enough that it's in your bio on your website, which is not a voluminous bio, so it's occupied That's hilarious, by the way, because they put accomplished singer in my bio as if I just dropped the hottest album of 2019. Yes. Uh, and it's not that case. <laughs> I'm like, I used to sing okay. in church. Like, I didn't, like, I'm not starting my own band anytime soon. So, uh, okay, so let's talk about what else is in your bio because it goes <laughs> to the next question, and that is, for those who may not yet be completely familiar with Gina Brion yes, and her, her, her Gina Brion, <laughs> she she is um, not exactly a beginner here. No, uh, and just a couple of standout things to mention: uh, she was the uh, first and only Latina winner of NBC's 2012 Stand Up for Diversity Showcase. Yes, yes that's awesome deal. Uh, she sells more tickets as a headliner within the improv comedy club than any other new artist. I've uh, done very well. Thank you to and, the improvs and thank you to my management. They've yes. really hustled hard for me and my agents. All of them actually really hustled hard to get me those dates. You've, so. So you've had appearances on Comedy Central's Live at Gotham, mm-hmm. on The View. Um, you, cool. You've also had pieces published in New York Post and Daily News, among others. And the reason I'm bringing all these things up is clearly your career is on a trajectory that um, can grow to where others have gone, but you've dwarfed countless other comedians in terms of the growth of your career. So my question is, what was a moment so far along the way so far, so far along the way so far, it works. Along the way. <laughs> I, I, it, I thought it would work. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure. I understood it. I was like, yeah, I think I get where he's going with this. In which you said, my God, I, I think this may be working. 
this actually, I could pull this off. What was the moment in which you can remember to whatever degree you believe it now? Because I think someone that's successful is still always hungry and still always slightly doubting themselves, even though they believe in themselves mm-hmm. because that pushes them. But what was a moment in which you actually stood up, took stock of yourself, pulled yourself in a corner, said, oh, my God, I think it might be happening. I keep my head down, do my business, but maybe this is actually going to work out. Gosh. Okay. I'm trying to think of like, what was moment? it a moment or like a season in your life or like a. Maybe a moment that even brought a little tear to your eye because a dream came true. Well, that's, that's easier for me to answer. I think okay. a moment that kind of really bought a two, there's two standout moments for me. Um, when my special aired on uh, Nuvo. It originally aired on Nuvo TV. We worked with the wonderful people at Nuvo and I loved it and everything came out great and Gabriel produced it. And I have a tendency when I'm working on a project, I won't fully feel anything because I'm so busy working. I won't realize or uh, even even take a moment to step back and be like, oh my God, this is really happening. But when I watched my special... It was the aftermath of like, I'm sitting there and we had a viewing party and I'm wow. watching it. And I just, I started to cry. Yeah. Like I could not control myself. Like once the credits started to roll, <laughs> it was because I was 17 years into comedy when I did my special. And I just remember the culmination of everything hitting me at that moment and me being like, I did that, even if it's not on a huge grand scale. Like for me, it was like, I'm watching myself and 17 years of work in this hour that I've done. Mm. And it, it was just the first time I appreciated my journey. And I really took the time to be like, you've grown so much. I had that like moment. And then the second moment that stands out is, um, my parents were going on vacation and um, I absolutely lo- adore my family and they've been supportive of me my entire career. That's awesome. Specifically my parents. So supportive. And so when my parents were going on vacation, my mom called me and said, hey, can you help us figure out flights? Like they don't fly a lot. So I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I paid for their flights and I paid for their car and everything so that when they got there, everything was taken care of. And my mom was just... It's it's literally, in my opinion, the least I can do for for all that they did for me. Yeah. And so, but that moment made me so proud that I could be like, I want to do this for you guys. Mm -hmm. And through all the struggle, through me not being able to pay my phone bill, jumping from apartment to apartment, like all of that stuff, to be able to do that for my family, even if it was like a one-time thing because I happen to be, everybody knows comedy is not financially stable. Yeah, yeah, I happen yeah. to have yeah. the money that month. <laughs> I love that. It was that. still that that's moment. That's great. That oh. beautiful moment of having my mom I be like, that's oh. Little, oh. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that was, All right. Those are the two, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That 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 felt like the cherry on the on the Sunday a little yeah, bit. So that was nice. how can people I have a hundred more questions I want to ask you, but I have zero more time. I know, yeah. <laughs> I have a hundred more questions. Maybe we can okay. have you back someday. I and, will absolutely and, come and back. Yeah. We can yeah. Dive in further. I think there's lots to talk about. Thank you. Um, Gina, how can people connect with you and the things that you're doing and follow you? 
Well, um, you guys can check out my website, ginabrion.net, um, for that. You can see the tour dates because I am going on tour with Gabriel, again, uh, Fluffy, the Fluffy Man, um, starting at, actually in a few days, <laughs> I leave uh, beginning of February. So I'm like very excited for the tour. You can check out all the tour dates and see if we're coming to your city uh, awesome. on my website, ginabrion.net. Also, I'm heavy into my Instagram right now. I have all social medias, but like, I've been really posting a lot on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram. Uh, It's Gbrion on Instagram. Uh, B-R-I-L-L-O-N. Ooh, very nice. Yes. Que pasa? (laughs) Andes. (laughs) Andes. And uh, so that's uh, on Instagram. It's Gbrion. Everything else is Gina Brion. So Twitter, cool. Gina Brion. Facebook, Gina Brion. Snapchat, two kids. <laughs> Gina okay. dot Brion. Wow, Get that someone's filter. Snapchat. Snapchat huh? All right. Snapchat. <laughs> nice. But yeah, please do keep up with me. There's uh, other cool things in the works. Thank you very much, Gina Brion. She is, uh, I would say, up and coming. But I think she's up and come and gonna do some more. Yeah, yeah so there we go. I like that? that. Up and come and gonna do some more. <laughs> All right, uh, right after this, it'll be end of show food. Can't wait to see what Elsie has in store. Um, and we'll be right back. Go on, take a swig. It's only a little past the expiration date. This is Funny People Talking. All right, it is our final segment. That means it is time for... End of show food. That's right, end of show food. That's mm-hmm. where Elsie has something for all of us to try. You never know what it's going to be. And when we taste it, and we will all at her signal taste it, uh, we will each give it our own review through the number of chickens that we give it. Uh, that is any scale, any number of chickens you choose to make the rating scale out of. It could be a million chickens. It could be 62 chickens. It's whatever you want. And uh, and that's how we'll close the show out. So, Elsie, the floor is yours. All right. So today I have sponge. What is it? Sponge by Marinella. See, I thought that looked like mush- marshmallows. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, marshmallow cookies. Um, See, I, I, Gina, I knew you'd like it. I had to look at the um, ingredients because I was going to say this is probably like 100% artificial. But um, it's not. Oh, they're, they're not. Get so, it, Sponge. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to divvy these babies out. Hang on. Yeah. But you love marshmallows, right, I Gina? I do. Okay. I love them. You don't understand how happy I am right now. That this oh. involves marshmallows. You are V happy. I'm V happy right now because <gasps> there's so many marshmallows. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. I've seen these before, too. <gasps> oh, my God. They're so fresh. Oh, they're... Oh, they're they, they did not look the way I thought they were. Right? <laughs> oh okay. Gosh. Okay. Are we just? Biting? Uh, yeah. Let's just bite. Just biting. Uh huh. And then we have to rate it. Mm. On the count of three, one, two, three. Okay, oh. it's over. Well, right. sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, oh, coconut. Wow. Okay. So what's not not unhealthy about it? Like what's? Are... I'm just saying that it's. I thought it'd be all artificial, but it has wheat flour and strawberry hmm. puree. Like, okay. Co- and okay. real coconut and um, stuff, I really like you know. coconut. I just expected it to be all made with lakamaka kaka they look like and <laughs> stupid lubi nava. They look like mm-hmm. someone really with artificial coloring. They look like someone took four pink um, pom-poms, little pom-poms, and put them on a cracker. Yeah, like yeah. speaking of puffy paint, I put those little mm. things on my shirt. 
All right. Okay. These are interesting. I, I never would have said, hey, let me go get these, but I'm glad I tried one. So what do you think, Daniel? All How right. many chickens? Yo, I'm going to give 1,000 out of 1,000 chickens. You dug these. I am really into this coconut wow. pom-pom yes, situation. All the chickens. Nice. What about you? All the chickens? All the chickens. It gets all of the chickens. Chicken wow. infinity. Infinity chickens. This. Oh, my God. She went infinity. Gina went in infinity. This is, we real, home run. Wow. What about you, Elsie? Uh, How many yeah. chickens? Um, yeah, I'd say 72 out of 72. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get it, Sponge? They're, they're tasty, Get but it, they're Sponge. Fun. Thank you, Sponge. Well, I'm going to give this. <laughs> it's just like saying Sponge. I'm going to give this know, 78 right? out of 80 chickens, oh and here's gosh, why. There's okay. more my Sponge to be is, had. Oh, there's is only crumbs, because. Sorry. Yeah, why the deduction? I, oh, I'm going to. It's just not something so I think I would normally sponge. gravitate to. Right. But, but well, I, me neither. That's why I went high. how unusual a treat they were. As she right. takes oh, a do second one. you want half one. of this, Elsie? No. Okay. All right. Well, that's. Thank you, Elsie. Good job. Snacks. These are really unusual. So Seriously, I, I don't like even know. So oh, the bottom yeah, the of the the bottom really of good. the cookie actually says sponge on it. And I the like bottom. the wrapper. Go yeah. sponge. So it looks like it should have uh, candy. Candy. Can you acknowledge uh, that I like the wrapper? Elsie likes the wrapper. Yes. Yes, she does. Purple. All right, well, that's it for this There's episode like of Funny crumbs. People so Talking. Sorry, I wish it wasn't over, but we finished with a bang. Uh, thank you so much to Gina Brion. Uh, yeah, thank Gina. you so much. Thank and, you for the snacks. And I'd like to thank your management or your PR people also for uh, coordinating you to appear. I know you have yeah. a very busy schedule. Uh, thank Thanks, you for guys. being with us. Uh, really. <laughs> Uh, a new friend, everybody. Gina's our new friend. I really, I really dig her. So thanks for being on the show, and good luck with everything. And Thank we can't you. wait to see more of you on the TV. On the television. That's right. All right, that's it, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and thank you, Elsie. You're welcome. And thank you, Danielle. Oh, you're welcome. This has been a blast. It has. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a wonderful day, and until then, stay funny. Bye. Just like Elvis, only completely different. Maybe if Elvis had a radio program and was a monkey, then exactly like Elvis. It's funny people talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at, at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.